this is Koi Farm. We have baboons throw a four-month party, defecate and bang in streets after they win 2.6 million lottery, nigga garbage man killer of at least 18, perhaps you haven't heard of him, TMB in England, a spree of 130 robberies has been solved. Derbyshire, quote, don't fuck with the Jews. Off-duty NWA worker ejaculating on a college student. A Mexican jerking off on a white girl. Israel rates Prez candidates. Quas universities. Nuke expert Louis René Berez of Purdue. Gary Orfeld of Harvard Civil Rights Project covered, as well as Israeli officer Shomel Aviv selling arms to the Iraqis. FBI lets Spielberg hold on to stolen Rockwell painting. Nigger robs white girl of her chance to go to Africa and fight monkeylets. Kansas City nigger Marlon invents hands-free cellular technology for white hoes. White nationalist anthem is a big hit in South Africa. And then the Sakas and Gandhara sculptures in Scythian stupas. <laughs> I don't know what half those words are. Where are they? That's the history of the Scythians and the Sakas. These are uh, proto-Scythian uh, tribe. And if you look at their coinage, Alex, one of the guys looks like a, a pudgy Paul Revere, and the other one looks like an Englishman in a pith helmet. And mm -hmm. we, hardly, we don't hear anything about him. What the hell? Mm. Yeah. Following up, uh, VNN Internal. We've got a couple of YouTube vids uh, promoting Goyfire as well as torrent files being seeded. Stay tuned for that. Jane, I know you've been chomping at the bit. A lot of good stories in the past few weeks. Baboons throw four-month party, defecate, and bang in streets after they win two million lottery. Yabi Bana. Here's a picture here at uh, VNN Forum with them holding uh, the check, uh, bundles of cash, and even gold bricks. It says here, though, this is the article, Portland sues 2005 lottery winners. When Elizabeth and Samuel Howard won $2.6 million from the Oregon Lottery in 2005, they said they felt blessed and talked of helping young people with addictions to drugs and alcohol. Now, less than 18 months later, they are accused of hosting a lawless four-month party at their house on Northeast Emerson Court featuring drug deals, sex out in the open, violent brawls, and public defecation. <sighs> the city of Portland has filed suit against the Howards. <sighs> Two of their children under the fertilizing and shit, motherfucker. Under a little-used chronic nuisance <laughs> aimed at ridding neighborhoods of crime-infested properties. Oh, these niggers. And we got this on vnnforum.com in a thread uh, created by Chain, and he's got these grinning bullies. Oh, they're grinning the big grin. 
Yeah, dog, we got 2.6 million. I'd be shitting in the front yard now. <laughs> Beans don't burn on the grill. <laughs> Processed watermelon in the flower bed. <laughs> but but oh, in July and, and November, the cops were called 52 times, and they, they, they lived at the end of a cul-de-sac. Craig, I don't understand. They must Aren't niggers with careful. money human beings? <laughs> I thought, I thought they'd be buying Even books and sipping champagne and like uh, <laughs> relaxing in their leather armchairs and <laughs> feeling well, the good. The whole family essentially had criminal records, so that was always interesting. And they just kind of <laughs> expanded upon those. They actually cleared only 860000 after they paid off their $2.6 in taxes, and that's a boner number one because they could have taken it over 20 years and <laughs> yeah. invested and got a lot more with the taxes. But, uh, <laughs> Craig, have you noticed that Negroes aren't great on delaying uh, gratitude or deferring gratification? No, I guess that has to do with fucking in the streets and, uh, and, and shit <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> Can you imagine come up on a side of a beautiful uh, summer morn and the sun's coming up and there's some nigger out front you go oh my god and over by the car they got like ah. over the front bumper banging her you know, earthly oh. garden of delights up there in Portland <laughs> Jigs be pooping oh these are some ace coon buffoon boons yeah. Yeah. oh man that's positively coontastic so they win $2.6 million, and by the time the IRS and their dumb decisions are over with, they've, they've only got a few hundred thousand, right? Yeah. Something like well, they, that. Well, uh, they're going to have their house. Their house costs 285000 and they're going to take it away from them now, you see, and board it up. It's, it's Boy, more you'd think drama. That, you know, if we had a sane society, this would be taught as an object lesson, the complete inability of money to turn niggers into human beings in, in some of these uh, uh, master's programs in social science. You know, it's like, but imagine it doesn't all the matter how much money you them. give to the niggers. They're still when, niggers. When they, when they won, Alex, when they won, you see, and there they were saying <laughs> that they want to do Oh, yeah. the Lord blessed them, and they're going to give to the drug addict niggers, and uh, we're going to help them pit, pull them up <laughs> by the bootstraps and everything else. And it turns out that they're the exact epitome of uh, <laughs> dope oh, niggers. Oh, sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, show. Got the guy. He's in the middle, and he's got a black leather jacket and a blue stocking cap and a little briefcase with uh, bills. <laughs> the Oregon Lottery made him take these pictures. I guess they have to sign off on this, you know, when they win. They agree to promote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a perfect example of that expression, "nigger rich." Nigger rich. What have I said? It's an Ice Cube movie Friday. All they do when they got money is they, it just makes. Someone said in the forum, uh, uh, it. Money just magnifies what you are. They just be niggers on a, on a, on a <laughs> maybe uh, living large, but they're still niggers. A grand it's not like scale. They suddenly t- it's not like oh, they've now moved in the upper classes. They are now acquiring books and studying the contents for knowledge. Instead no, no, of just fucking... one rock, they got five <laughs> or ten. Yeah, yeah. It, like they 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 are able to drink more. They're able to eat better food. They're able to buy better consumer products, and that's all it means. And in, in and the sixties, uh, there, there used to be a cigarette ad called Salem, and it said you can take Salem out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the Salem. And so uh, <laughs> there was a rock band. I think Fugs. I think there were Jews out of New York City, but they did a little ditty under the same uh, tempo and the same sing song. And they said you can take niggers out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of niggers. The Salem song. And that's exactly right. And this just shows that you 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 know they 
what would you do with that money? Well, a white man, the average white man, would say, I'm gonna, he's gonna give a little away for charity, he'd buy his parents something, he'd buy himself something, and the rest he would stick in something that gave him an annual return. What does the nigger do? The nigger goes, God damn, it's like perpetual welfare day. Every day we're getting a check in the, in the post office box, not just one day a month. And he'd go out and buy whatever the fuck he wanted. And you see this all the time with people like Mike Tyson, who, who earned probably, you know, Christ, I mean, several hundred million over the course of his career and doesn't have anything. This basketball player, millions. Eddie, Eddie Johnson, who just banked some 10 year old girl down there in uh, Florida, I think it was. I guess he was an NBA star for years. The yeah. Same thing. Daryl's down to raping ten-year-olds. Yeah. It, it's a Jewish the big lie that money changes people, or that money is 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 like I like to say it's like alchemy. You know, you the medieval philosophers were trying to turn lead into gold because gold's more valuable than lead. And social engineers in the twentieth century, at the <coughs> lead of the of the Jew, tried to turn niggers into human beings by giving them money taken from you. See, the ultimate joke is on you, the normal white guy listening to this. They take money from you for all these programs. You know, this is just a more dramatic example of what happens every day when they take money from you and give it to niggers through WIC or Welfare, SSI, and the rest of them. Well, they don't become human beings when you give them money. You can, they've done this many times. Whether they're at a ghetto housing project or whether they're put in middle-class neighborhoods, they soon rip it up and shit everywhere and... and allowed the roaches to run free because they don't clean and <clears throat> are still rape and murder people. You can't change the genetics with money. You just you it uses them. It's feast or famine. If they got money, they spend it all, and then it's gone, and then they're just back to being ordinary niggers. And it only took them four months to blow a couple million dollars, right? This, I mean, this week, O.J. announced that he might be the uh, father of uh, Anna Nicole Smith's son or daughter, whatever she's got. Lord. So uh, OJ is coming back from his misfortune too. So. He was kind of a sperm spittoon, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she died too, too quickly before he could slit her throat. Huh? Well, he's like the what, the fourth or fifth one. Well, you know, I sprayed yeah, yeah. some reproductive fluid in that. Yeah. Well, this is what he's down to. Frighteningly large gal. Yeah, and this is. Uh, I guess this is part-time job now. Just trying to get some type of publicity. Well, she had a nigger level IQ, so she's no great loss. Yeah, well, speaking of another nigger here, man, I found this story particularly fascinating because of its hush crime nature. Uh, we have a article here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette of a killer of 18. In fact, this is a niggero truck driver and Vietnam combat veteran who in 1977 and 1978 in eastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania, and South Carolina, as well as in Florida, committed all types of rapes, robberies, and murderers. Uh, he is now 65, is serving two life sentences in Florida, where he was captured on July 1st, 1978, inside a home where he had repeatedly raped a woman and her teenage daughter in front of the bound husband. His name is Surat. When Surat, drunk and on drugs, fell asleep, the husband escaped, and police called Surat, caught Surat in the house. Yeah, I noticed this photo, and the photos they've published of him, at least initially, in the Pittsburgh paper, which is Jewish Jones, it almost looks as if he's a white. 
you know, how do they pick these kind of photos where, where it's dubious and you have to decide whether or not he's white or not? And then when I found other photos, eventually it took me a while to find them. Uh, you can see he's a nigger, and they mention it in the stories. And then I saw an online story of a PA cop, a white guy who, who chased him down, traced him down. And this is a major, major serial killer, and he killed a lot of white people if you look at his victims. So, when did he kill these people? This is what I've never heard of. He, he killed them over a period of years. Uh, Aegis maybe has been reading this story, but I think it was roughly is it 20 years. He was captured. Let me see. Just serving two life sentences. He was captured in 78. But he committed them in two years, in 77 and 78, in eastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania, and South Carolina. And he was a garbage man. Like the, I think there are two serial killers in Kansas City who are garbage men. One, there was, there's one for sure who were recently captured. So sometimes he would drive a garbage truck. Sometimes he would drive a long distance. Uh, but in two years, 18, uh, that's pretty rapid. And whether he's caught or not, the fact is, is he's in the annals of American history. And why the hell are not we? We're, we're not hearing about this guy. What's the problem? Uh, You'd think he'd be worthy of one of these stories about you know old Mississippi and the Klansmen, et cetera, from the sixties. This is the sure, kind of thing that they're not victims, publishing. How many more yeah. are going to be found? Anything. There's so many angles that they could attack it upon them, but they, of course they don't. They, and, they, and I see you've you've got here, and this is at vnnforum.com, and your thread. Uh, when, this is a quote from the story appearing in the Jew-owned Pittsburgh paper. When police vacuumed the crime scene, they had little to go on but a few hairs from a black person. You know, as, as though, like, hmm, maybe they were planted there. As though you couldn't believe that a black person did it, or they're trying to it, it really reads like they're trying to suggest it wasn't a black person who did it. Well, and why would they say... a black serial killer, and we... And that, this guy's name is Edward... Is Edward Surratt. Surratt. R-R-A-T-T. Yeah. A murderer of at least 18. At least. So uh, we've heard of Wayne Gacy. We've heard of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. We've heard of uh, Ted Bundy, yes. But we, why, why haven't we yeah. heard of Surratt? We haven't. We heard of Ridgeway. I, they had someone on Ridgeway the other day. He's the guy who killed all the prostitutes up in Washington. No, they, they just will not, in the, the crime stuff, they will not cover niggers. They will only cover whites as serial killers and basically only cover whites as child molesters. From everything I can tell, all the people, John Walsh, who specializes in John Walsh, Nancy Grace, uh, to some extent Bill O'Reilly, and, and the rest of these. Crime is always, all they can do is talk about whites, and this is what's driving the country down the shithole, because whites commit, We and we have looked this up and documented, and you can find it at VNN, um, the facts show that minorities, as in every other category of crime, commit more per capita child molesting and serial killing than whites do. And hate crimes, too. So those are three things that, if you're college-educated, you probably know that just ain't so. I guarantee you won't learn that in criminology. I'd love to have some criminology or social science major write in and tell us if they've learned any of this in, the, in their class, because I'm sure they haven't. We had the one girl wrote to Kirksville today, and I think she was a criminology major, and she uh, clearly did not know the facts. And... Of course, she wasn't man enough to come back when I cited them to her. But you can find them on Wikipedia and other sources that minorities commit a higher percentage of hate crimes, of child molestations, and of serial killings per capita than do whites, which is the converse of everything that you see in TV, both in the nonfiction section of TV and in the fiction section, the prime time and the, and the news shows. They, 
They, those are put on the air by Jews who are attempting to mislead you as to reality in a very specific way. They're attempting to reverse things so that your race looks guilty. Why would they do that unless they had malicious designs on, the, on your future? And, and they do, in fact. They want you to breed in with the people who are the real criminals and, and thereby erase any trace that your, your line ever existed. Thereby, it doesn't, there, thereby it, it, it's removed from competition with theirs for any kind of power. And that's what, why this show exists, to correct reality, to give you a clear lens through which to view the world and to suggest ways that you behave in order to regain the power that they've taken from you. And, and one of those, as we've said, is staying out of debt. Another one is staying away from people who threaten you with STDs and with violence, and that means niggers, and that means spicks, and that means Mexicans. Filthy, degenerate people that only the Jews claim are your equal. They don't believe this, it about themselves. This Pittsburgh paper is owned by the Jewish Block family whose ancestors came from Russia. They were Russian Jews. And uh, this article of February 27, 2007, quite recently now, Serial killer admits to two Finley deaths in 1977. So it's written by Chico Harlan. It goes on and on. You read it. Nowhere is there a mention that he's a nigger. They have a, a, a picture that is so poor quality that, that uh, a person could reasonably think he's a white person. And they don't tell you anything in the article. So you're just led to misbelieve. I'm surprised they even that. have a photo in there. The photo's kind of, yeah, it's it's uh, indeterminate, but he is apparently is a black, and they say that later on, and, and maybe that was a different article that Jim. Not in this article. article. No, they don't. Not in yeah, they article. don't say it in this article. But here's the here's the thing. The the key here is who are you getting your news from? It's funny how people are obsessed with what they put into their bodies, but they don't worry in the slightest about what goes into their mind. Your mind's even more important than your body, or the most important sector of your body, right? And you know when you're when you're buying a newspaper, you're you're being sold a bunch of lies. You're paying to receive a bunch of lies from a Jew, from a Russian Jew that was over there swindling Russians and, and lying about them. And now he's over here. He's selling you supposed news. So you have to be very wary of what you put into your head, not just your mouth, but your ears and eyes need filters. And so this is a, this is a good example of crime and its coverage. And uh, don't wait up for the A and E crime show on Edward Surratt. Edward Surratt, Edward Surratt, just like the painter, but spelled differently. Yeah, I, I encourage all of our listeners to Google this guy and his story and also the descriptions of the murders he committed. Uh, and that's like, S-U-R-R-A-T-T, yeah, Surratt or Surratt. Looks, looks like one of his M.O.s was to break into a house, uh, tie up the man, rape uh, his wife in front of him, and then beat them to death. And uh, he did this to 18 people uh, throughout Ohio and Pennsylvania and other places. So mm. yet another hush crime that uh, you should be aware of. And it's certainly one I wasn't aware of until Chain posted. I'd never heard of the guy. And this is the kind of thing you can find at VNN Forum where we dig up not only the, <clears throat> and when I say we, I mean Chain. <laughs> A lot of people are there to chat, but Chain digs up crimes you haven't heard of. And he digs up the photos, and he digs up the photos of the people who own the papers that miss or under-report these crimes, uh, which are far more common than any hate crimes or the rest of the, the AP bullshit about the Aryan Brotherhood prison gang or public enemy number one. You know, the AP focuses on the 5% of the crime committed by whites, and it ignores the 95% of the crime committed by the damn coloreds. And that's for a reason. Reporting reality would interfere with their global New World Order agenda of mixing the races. You white have no interest whatsoever in any kind of connection, political or otherwise, to niggers and Mexicans, much less the Jews who sick them on you through their so-called civil rights law.
if you could stop it all today, you would be mightily reduced even from what the United States was 40 years ago. The better it's going to get as South Africa is right now today. So basically America is stuck with, with demoralization and unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal, no, normalcy and, and uh, patriotism. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flab, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials, economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of, of new generation of Soviet assassins, never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Most of the American politicians, media and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. The United States is in a state of war, undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system However ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy, whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to. Unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom 
and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, nothing ever can help United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to uh, prison inmates. All this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of the United States population is convinced that the danger is real. They have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions, and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Very old England, that bastion of civilization where we have a gang or facing jail over 150 robberies. I had underestimated in my initial announcement of this story. Yeah. A gang led by the men who murdered city lawyer Tom Reese Price has been found guilty of, ro of carrying out 150 robberies. The Kensal Green Gang stabbed, punched, and their victims during eight months of robberies, including numerous attacks on London underground trains. Described as a pack of animals, six of them will be sentenced at Middlesex Guildhall Crown Court in March. Commuters were wounded in the neck, chest, and legs and threatened with death while being robbed. Gang members threatened one female victim with rape at gunpoint unless she sur surrendered her valuables. I want to say, uh, Aegis, uh, this was sent to me by a... Uh Actually, a fairly famous actor who now lives abroad, and uh, just an example of the type of the person who listens to Goy Fire. Uh, and, and people are worldwide, they're waking up to see this. You know, they used to claim race is the American problem, but funny that the minute they started getting niggers into England, you started to see exactly the same thing. Now, the Kensal Green Gang is basically, uh, it's just a, essentially a nig pack, and one of them might be kind of whitish, or he may be some kind of a whatever, but the point here is you, you've got the same kind of so-called, oh, it's underclass. Well, it's not underclass. They're, 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 you know, they say underclass activity is what we just heard about the, uh, the, the niggas who won the lottery. You see, when you have $2.6 million, you're part of the overclass, not the underclass, but they still act like the so-called underclass, which tells you it's not a matter of class, it's a matter of genes. Niggers always form gangs and violently attack other people. That's what they do. It's what they are. Whether they're in America or whether they're in the England that used to make fun of America for its racial problems and browbeat us for them. Well, they have exactly the same thing over there, and they don't even have guns to protect themselves, or even <laughs> long knives. They have actually, believe it or not, knife control in Britain. So, never, never, never shall be slaves, dominion over pine and palm. Well, that, those days are long gone. Now the uh, creatures that run around under the pine and palm have dominion over them and their own homeland, and they're driving them out. We saw in another story... Did we talk about it on Goyfire where they said, or maybe it was just on VNNforum.com, you know, this city is too white and too British. 
for some kind of government office. They had to locate it somewhere where there was more diversity so that niggers could get more of the uh, government jobs, i.e. more money out of whites and better benefits than whites can get in their own country. Just reading it random from the article in the BBC, commuters were wounded in the neck, chest, legs, and threatened with death while being robbed. You know, 150 robberies, threatening people with rape, uh, up to 70 attacks in the underground. Um, You know, yeah, let's worry about terrorism, but let's ignore the niggers that are already here. It's just hilarious. It's like, you know, in Missouri here, you know, oh, you got to have law. you got to wear your seatbelt. Otherwise, they can bust you, and they can add fines onto your thing. But, you know, niggers are allowed to run around free. The complete disproportion, what is the real danger here? The danger is from loose coloreds, and coloreds allowed to run around like they're actual human beings. There have been a and series really, of gang attacks in Kansas City in the past weeks. In fact, the murders are re- reaching their epidemic levels. Yeah. And it's, it's wherever you find niggers, you're going to find this kind of story. They're going to be forming gangs and attacking people. And I'll tell you what, a lot of it doesn't even get recorded. I mean, there's 150 robberies here. And how accurate do you think that is? And if it's not accurate, do you think it's low or do you think it's high? you think they actually committed less robberies than that? I'm going to guess they committed more. And even when they were committing robberies, what do you think they were doing? They were listening to hip-hop. They were driving around acting aggressive and stupid and harassing other people. Even even apart from the violence, it's just the simple oral and visual degradation that is the nigger presence on the earth anywhere humans are. They're ugly, disgusting people. And they're not really truly people in the full scientific sense. And uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on in London these days. So if you've never been there, it's probably not quite like you imagine it is evil Nazis, and because and <laughs> otherwise they would have been speaking uh, German. Even though Hitler did not want to invade, he could have invaded if he wanted. He did not want to. He wanted them to come to their senses and realize that they had to defeat the Bolsheviks. But Hitler was a little bit naive, and it, perhaps he didn't fully understand the British or Churchill and understand just how hypocritical and vicious they could be. But after Dresden, he certainly did understand it. And a lot of these uh, uh, foolish uh, Britons take great pride in the, in the mass murder that was committed against Dresden. Some of them are ashamed, but a lot of them really take uh, great pride. And you saw at the World Cup, you know, they're very happy that they won the war, they feel. But when they look around, you know, this is the reality of it, is that only the Jew won World War II. Britain and the U.S. may have been on the winning side, but they sure as hell didn't win it because they're being beaten into the ground now by the colors that the, the Jews who egged us on and got us into this war... Uh, loosed on them in the name of civil rights. And this is how the, the civil rights uh, Lucy's repaid them with, you know, gang rapes, gang murders, serial murders, tortures, all manner of just disgust and degradation everywhere you look, all over the airwaves, on TV. So only the Jew won World War II, and, and if you're a smart Briton, you're going to realize that. Just like if you're a smart American, you're not going to be bought off by being called the greatest generation by people who have every means and every reason to spit in your face and tell you it's raining. But we know the truth here. Yeah, well, going further, there's uh, been a new essay by John Derbyshire, an Englishman residing in that uh, utopia on Earth, otherwise known as New York City. Uh, He's written a rather long article about the flame of thoughtful conservatism burning low. In, in the West, uh, I, I don't quite know what that could possibly mean. 
But if you read our article, you'll find out what he means, and that basically entails not offending Jews. Not now, not tomorrow, not at any time. Yeah, that's right. I guess maybe he should be praised for laying it out so, but it, he, he basically makes himself appear completely pitiful. He basically says offending Jews is a terrible career strategy for anyone who's trying to make it as a writer. He essentially confirms everything I've ever said and, and that other people have said about there being complete Jewish control of the media. And if you go against them, you're not simply not going to get published anywhere and you can't make a living doing any kind of political writing. So I'm not willing to pay that cost. He is willing to pay that cost. And, and that makes him a coward and a cur. And that also means that anything he writes is suspect. And you, you, can't, take a, you can't take him <laughs> knowing that what he writes is conditioned out of fear of Jews. It, it pretty much uh, it devalues him as any kind of a commentator because you can't believe anything he says. He's afraid of the Jews, whereas we here at Goyfire will tell you the, the straight truth because it's important. What what he's basically he he is basically saying that the payoff is worth it. Well, the main reason he doesn't state, which is that he gets a paycheck. So it's better to be a coward and accept the table scraps as long as you get a paycheck. But he also he has some bullshit about how oh, conservative the flame of conservatism has to be kept alive. Therefore, you know, make some concessions and don't brook the Jews on any of the big issues. But the fact is, NR that he writes for hasn't been conservative for 20 years, you know, back in the 80s. It, they used to have intelligent writers. It's just all neocon stuff. There's nothing in the world conservative about waging aggressive foreign war. That's the opposite of what Burke would say or what Kirk would advise. It's Leo Straussian, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it is Straussian, which is tell the masses one thing, but practice another privately. But the other part of this, there's nothing conservative at all, and everything anti-conservative about claiming that race doesn't matter. See, that's that's the that's the <coughs> dividing line. If you fall outside of that line, you cannot get published anywhere, because if you say that race matters, you're going against what modern conservatives <coughs> believe, and people like Newt Gingrich, will, who's now running for president, will start screaming at you. But if you say that race doesn't matter, you are by definition not a conservative. Conservatism, as Kirk has written it up, as Burke said, it starts with paying t very careful attention to reality and understanding the different classes that things fall into and appreciating them for what they are. And when you do that regarding race, you come to the conclusion that the races are irreconcilable, as Jefferson said. They simply don't fit together. They don't behave in the same ways. As you can tell from the earlier stories here, people who blow all their um, millions of dollars of lottery winning in a four-month spree. I don't think you can find any whites who have ever done that. Whites just don't act like that. They're, they're careful. They, they preserve for the future. Even if you had the odd white who blew the money, it would have taken them years to do it. Niggers do it in four months. And, and they're out shitting. They're just, the apes are not commensurate with humans. They don't belong among them. And only an ideologue, right? And Richard uh, Kirk says that ideology is the opposite of conservatism. Conservatism does not favor theory over facts. When, when theory and facts conflict, conservatism goes with the facts, correct? So if you say that race doesn't matter, you are favoring your, your words, your, your theoretical head construct over reality that says that it does matter so much that the races are not reconcilable. They can't live in the same government, as Jefferson said. So he is really, truly not a conservative. And he, he, won't, he won't admit to that part of it. You can't be a conservative and claim that race doesn't matter. The National Review and John Derbyshire and anyone who says race doesn't matter are a bunch of liberal ideologues who are towing the Jewish line. And yeah. that's just pitiful. Ne Neo and that's why none of the reality that you get here in Goyfire do you ever find in National Review. 
you just find more arguments for why we ought to wage war in Iran or Syria or, or God knows who else has offended Israel lately. So that is not a damn thing to do with conservatism. It's also why National Review has become so boring, because you can't write the truth about anything. There was a time when William F. Buckley ran it before they, and, and he really was the one who, who very proudly got rid of it of all so-called anti-Semitism and racism, i.e. most of reality. Uh, there was a time when even he would still say, look, you know, you can't allow a numerical majority in the South to destroy a settled way of life of the Southerners, because you know, even then he, he couldn't completely get away from the rather obvious idea that you can't let a bunch of niggers determine how whites are going to live. Niggers aren't even human. But, of course, National Review has long, long since abandoned that stand. He took that stand back in the early 60s, and, and they abandoned it by the late 60s. So it's been 40 years since they've had any kind of racial reality in National Review, and it's been 20 years since really the Jewish neocons took it over and dominated it. And, he, and, and carpetbaggers like John Kirbyshire are the only ones that uh, they'll employ to write for them, goys or Gentiles who are afraid to uh, cross them and will always toe their line faithfully, reliably. And these people, they're not conservatives by any name. If you don't acknowledge race, you ain't a conservative. And that goes for Pat Buchanan and all the clowns over at uh, Amcon Mag. They're not real conservatives either because they're liberal and the race matters. Half of them are married to gooks, and uh, they're, they're, they're not serious. They're not serious men. They're toads. They're appeasers, toad yeah. eaters and appeasers. Well, that's why so, I would say the word itself is outdated. It was a, a word and a philosophy. Now, you, you track it back a bit further to Burke and, and others, but... Look, the main you've got to understand the lineage here. The conservatism, uh, Russell Kirk is the guy. There's, there's a German-American publisher named Regnery who published a book called The Conservative Mind by Russell Kirk back in the 50s. And that he kind of defined conservatism in, in modern terms. And he chose... Uh, Edmund Burke, who was an Anglo-Irish uh, politician, who wrote uh, Reflections in the French Revolution, and he says that's kind of the modern, that's kind of the founding text of modern conservatism, as Kirk saw it. And he's smart enough, so let's take him at his word. And I highly recommend. Here's another book. We're talking about college. You will never be assigning colleges. Burke on the French Revolution. You want to read that and see how an adult male, in the right frame of mind, thinks about things, and he very carefully estimates things, and he pays attention. Not really so much to race. I mean, blacks weren't even really considered people back then. But he pays very close attention to, like, regional differences. And he was against Britain interfering in American affairs. He was against them interfering in Indian affairs. He was just saying, you have to look at the nature of the people. Just like Calhoun in the U.S., you know, the Prussians wrote him for, or some German state wrote him for advice. And he said, well, you know, there's only so much I can tell you. You know, a lot of it is related to your own geography and your own area. And it's particular to that. So... The, the difference is between someone who sits down with a piece of paper and writes up, this is how it ought to be, versus someone who looks at reality and says, well, this is how it is. And if we're going to try to make alterations, we have to be kind of careful in what we do because there are a lot of unintended consequences. That's conservatism, and that is absolutely evergreen. It will always, it be, it will always be the right way to look at things. The radical way usually shy. makes things worse than, than the conservative way, especially in any revolution that's engendered by a Jewish communist which goes to the French Revolution and, and right on forward, as you can read in another book that will never, ever be assigned to college class, yet which a, a Briton, a, a loyal Briton, was thrown in jail. That's Captain Ramsay and the Nameless War, in which he recounts the Jewish roots of all the revolutions from the one in Britain on forward. The Jews paid off Cromwell's guys to let them back into England, and they actually got a king killed 
to facilitate that. And then to the French Revolution, then to the Russian Revolution that E. Michael Jones describes in another book that will never be assigned in college, the Vito Dominandi, Sexual Liberation as Political Control, that you have to buy and read these books yourself. That's where your education comes from. Right? And you take those two, three books that I just mentioned, and you read them, and you understand them, and you will have better than any undergraduate liberal arts education you could get anywhere in the country. Guarantee you, you'll know things that are true, and you'll know how to think about things. Where to start from? You'll have a starting point for thinking about things. How do I not fuck things up? How do I fuck things up less? Not, I'm Hillary Clinton, I'm going to sit down and redo the health care system. We should have a, a, a one-size-fits-all, one-payer, you know, and we'll group everybody into purchasing cl- I don't care about health care. It's out there. I know I don't have an MD degree. I know I don't know a fucking thing about administering anything. But I know how it should be, so I'll sit down with a couple Jews like Ira Magazine, and I'll just draw up a perfect system, and that will work. And then everybody will have free, first-rate health care. You know, that, that's rationalism. That's the rationalism I can just excogitate out of my own fine cup. You know, the perfect solution to any problem. Fuck reality. All I need is what's going on up here. Because it's special. You know, and, and that's what conservatism, that's why conservatism is real. And I call myself a conservative. And it, it, it's not as simple as just we're going to save this, we're going to do that. But the situation we're in now, there's, it is like trying to cross a gap with two jumps. No. We are in a situation where one race is driving out the other. That's simply factual. And all the, the, the close focus stories we do about these racial gangs robbing and raping and killing whites is, is when you put them in the context, which we always do, you see them as part of an ongoing campaign of the Jews to destroy any settled white area because they don't like white people. And that comes from biology, which is the part of conservatism that is... is uh, underplayed by Kirk and them, partly because they simply didn't have the information. Burke had none of the information. Kirk didn't. Uh, Kirk emphasized the religious and literary roots of uh, Anglo-American conservatism, but you have to add to that the racial and biological stuff from the Nazis in the continent and simply from modern scientists that are showing time after time, as in Brain Sex, another book you won't read in college that talks about male-female differences, we are now learning about all uh, through, through research uh, related to medicine, research related to... Uh, pet scans of the brain that racial differences are incredibly large they're larger than people thought they're intractable and and they they suggest that you know the, the two cannot get along so we have a lot more knowledge than we did and that knowledge can all be complied applied conservatively and and that's what segregation was you know it's called a moral evil but all it was was the responsible recognition that hey the races are differ- different and the cost of pretending that they're the same are these horrible murders that we discuss here in Goyfire, the Shannon Christian, and that's the cost. Because you see these, these little cunts, these little curs, these little appeasers, these little toad-eaters like Derbyshire never admit the cost of their position, right? The cost of our position here at Goyfire, because we're men, we'll admit, the cost of our position is that 10% of blacks who are capable of living as humans get fucked. They lose their access to whites. And, and, and whatever progress that might entail. But the cost of Derbyshire's position is that the 90, 95% of blacks who are nothing but rapists and robbers looking for an opportunity, they are kept away from whites, and white people, who are 9 out of 10 are good, are allowed to progress and live sanely and civilly. He will not admit the cost of his position. So he he's, can be dismissed as a lying cunt and a cur, a British carpetbagger. People don't like me criticizing the British. Well, I don't care. I'm right. 
the British cultural model is responsible for a lot of this. Why won't he stand up like a man? Because in Britain, what you do is it's all about who you know. You scrape for position, and you suck up to the people above you, and you shit in the people below you. It's very similar to the Catholics. In terms and of that, he actually quotes uh, Sigmund Freud. He calls him the Rebbe of psycho psychoanalysis. He said he was brilliant, charismatic, and authoritarian, uh, an enforcer of rigid standards of orthodoxy with vituperation and expulsion for dissidents. In other words, he was the cult of personality, as was Franz Boas, and as was Karl Marx. That's what they shared in common, and that cult was uh, foisted off upon white people for uh, over 100 years in, in several of those cases. Yes. And even now, Freud's been totally, uh, totally just discredited, the same with Marx, and the same with Franz Boas. Well, we're getting there with Franz Boas, because all the evidences of those crimes we've been talking about are evidences of racial difference. And the, the uh, thing there is, yeah, the, the, you see how political correctness springs from and, and reflects the Jewish mentality, which is that no one is allowed to disagree. You can't make any little joke, you can't make any little observation, you better just shut your mouth, Get on board. The races are the same. We're all going to mix in here. We're all going to pretend everything's fine, and you better shut up if you think anything different. They're, and, and they're inherently a totalitarian race, and they're carrying it out on our people. That's why you've got to go to that diversity training at work, because some Jew wants you to basically pick up the slack and accept the abuse while you're doing it. You know, they can say what they want about you. You know, you're not going to sue them as a white guy, but they might sue you as a, fem as a lesbian or as a black or uh, as a Mexican. So, and when your number's up, you're supposed to just take that knife in the gut and sacrifice yourself on the altar of their utopian dream. And well, then when we object to it, grab your pension, too. They, they, they try to reorganize re, uh, these companies and the assets. You know, ch turn a hotel into timesharing and uh, little tricks like that. There are lots of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and dismiss all the employees and say, sorry, your pension's uh, no longer extant. Right. Think about these people whose dream is more important than 1.2 million reported assaults per year in the U.S. alone. Yeah. Their, their ideology, their ideological view that the races should be mixed, and that's taken, the, that's taken it at face value because you better well believe that, as we've seen in Israel, the Jews know damn well that blacks do not mix with any other race because they're just violent stupid murderers and they keep them out of Israel they 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 fuck with the so-called flashel or the the black Jews and uh they they don't want them in in they don't want them getting the same benefits and that's at a time when they're anxious to take in as many Jews as possible so they don't they they build walls even between them and their their DNA relatives the the Palestinians so they they know very when when they propose race mixing for us, they don't do it honestly. Is like they don't really believe it's a moral or a good thing. They believe it will destroy us and will be good for them. The morality is just something to fool our idiot Christians that seem to constitute about eighty-five percent of white people. And oh, I guess we got to do it because it's good. It's right. God forbid someone <laughs> call me evil or bad for doing what's obvious. And the Christians are too much. They've been unmanned by their religion, which sanctifies a, a passive sufferer called Jesus. Did Jesus fight back? No, 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 no. Jesus accepted being stuck up on a stake and speared, and, and he just passively took it. And, and passivity is characteristic of Christianity and, and empty moralizing. The one time Christians become tough is when they're facing down moral evil, now, in the form of us who talk honestly about race and politics. They're just a, absolutely pitiful, abject people.
and in a large measure the, the hurdle we have to overcome. But if you if you want to live, come with us. You know, like in Terminator, we have the way forward. It damn sure isn't the the Christians or the so-called conservatives today. I still say the name is honorable, but people like Britain, John Derbyshire, Carpetbagger, and Jew appeaser make it dishonorable because you can't couch out of the Jew. It's just not the right thing to do. Even if you get a paycheck for it, you got to be a man and stand up and report the truth, which is that Jews are running America and they're using our name. And, and putting their policies in our box, and uh, we're all paying the cost for it. We're now hated everywhere around the world. We've wasted millions and millions of dollars, uh, $1.2 trillion on the war. And what do we get at home? We get discrimination against whites. We get whites treated as uh, goofy. And, and on one hand, they're, they're goofy wusses. On the other hand, they're vicious serial killers in the media. Do you think it's going to get better? No. It's gonna, you, you can see the same thing going on. The blacker the country, the worse it gets. The more the minorities dominate the whites, the worse it will get. It doesn't stay the same. It's not an up and down thing. It's it's a unidirectional. You know, you're going from here to there, and there is the the complete genocide and dispossession of whites. You know, this takes us to our uh, story out of uh, Minneapolis. We have here an off-duty Northwest Airlines employee was arrested after a woman on flight from Seattle complained that the man had ejaculated on her. The FBI identified the man as Samuel Oscar Gonzalez, 20 of Lakewood, Washington. I guess that was the Pacific Northwest that white nationalists are prone to talk about. He was charged in federal court with simple assault, a misdemeanor. It happened on the Red Eye Monday morning from Seattle to Minneapolis. The woman was headed back to college. Hey, contrast that with that guy grabbing an Ellie Weasel. Yeah, Eric. Oh, elder abuse, violent assault. You know, what else? They, they loaded up five or six crimes on him. This guy gets a simple a, a misdemeanor. Slap on the wrist. And he works for the airlines. He's 20 years old. His name is Samuel Oscar Gonzalez. And we looked up his website. We found his MySpace site, and we have some uh, pictures of him. And uh, he w- went to sit down to next to this woman who was in an aisle seat. Now, her boyfriend is on a news clip we have, and the boyfriend is a big, tall, white man, I'd say, about 6'3". I bet his girlfriend's white, too. It's pretty obvious to me. And so uh, this big set sits down next to her, just like uh, in the little nursery. I mean, uh, there came a spider and sat down beside her. So uh, she had her eyes closed. It wasn't his assigned seat. And he starts uh, uh, beating off. And then pretty soon, uh, a, a big, healthy, uh, uh, excited spurt on her uh, feet, her back, uh, her clothes. And then he. Are got you up. fucking kidding? No. It's where, where is that? I'm looking at the thread. I don't even see that. Let me get that in for Northwest Airlines. And this is what yeah, he, she felt something warm on her back. Arm and yeah. the end after he got up and walked away. In other words, he sat down t- next to her, beat off, and then jumped up real quick. And in the, in the midst of that, pulled up her s- shirt, shirt, you know, to probably get a, a, a glance at her torso on her breast. And she called that spooning when she gave her statement to the FBI agent. Spooning. Yeah, what does that mean exactly? I guess it's some chick's term. Probably has to do with eating ice cream or something. You know, he had to go past her, I, I presume, to get out. The and fuck, they man. Front, they don't what put Mexican in cuffs or anything because he's one of uh, 
the valued uh, spick invaders of this country. He says on his website he's Puerto Rico and Puerto Rican and Indian. He's uh, just a generic piece of shit, Craig. You've dug up all the photos of this guy. He's, he's, the country is filled with just literally tens of millions of this kind of refuse. You know, the dumb black eyes, just nothing in them, just feral. Beat beat out some white kid, Alex, for that job. He's driving a new Infinity behind it. Yeah, talk yeah. about airport security. He's probably loading bags. And uh, there was another story on VNN forum about some Puerto Rican putting in M16s and drugs. Yeah, he says on his website he makes 250 grand a year. I suppose he's a co-pilot at 20. No, uh, that's bullshit. No, he's that's just bullshit. He's not making that kind of money. I just spick lie bullshit, you know, to impress some stupid white girl. Yeah, but at the same time, everybody's taking their shoes off to get on this flight, Jane. Yeah, that's right. They're taking their shoes off and everything else. And then, and then they they meet him and they claim that the uh, the the local cops met him instead of the FBI. But the FBI does have his deposition, and we have that on vnnforum.com, the FBI's statement in a PDF file. But again, all he's facing is six months. This really bothers me, you know. Uh, how many times do we listen to the women in this country talk about sex crimes this and sex crimes that? Uh, they don't mention that niggers are the primary rapists committing over 20,000 rapes a year. Uh, is that a, that's a white. I'm sure they commit a hell of a lot more than 20,000 rapes a year. They're, they're essentially in a 20,000 tie with whites, according to the FBI's uh, files. But but they're only 13.4% mm. of the population, and whites are still, what, yeah. 15 to 60% of the population. Yeah. And you can but, rest assured a lot of those are, there are a lot more that are uncounted. Sure. And then to segue a little bit into this uh, prosecutor story, by the way, the prosecutor up there is some Indian from Kerala, 32 years old, is the United States attorney up there in Minneapolis. And she won't put her name on the website. Uh, she's, uh, her, her name is Rachel Palos, Palos, P-A-U-L-O-S-E. And uh, Minnesota is white. Why do white people have to put up with non-whites representing them in major uh, offices, non-elected offices? We can get into that later. But uh, this, this bothers me because uh, sh- this is the woman who lodges the charges. She can't come up with any more charges than that? Some sort of... Uh, hey, and, and Craig, let, let me interject something here. I had a personal friend who went to University of Minnesota Law School and... Uh, uh, he said he thought he lost the class presidency of his law school because he, he simply intellectually made a defense of the other side of Roe versus Wade, and people were literally hissing, hissing at him. And he was no right-winger. In, in fact, he wasn't even white, actually. But uh, he was someone I knew in school who was himself an Asian. And my point is, uh, this is, the, uh, this is the, the milieu that this woman will have come out of, this incredibly left-wing milieu. And, you know, the Jews set... The Jews determine what's taught in the law schools on how these people look at law, and they teach them, don't look at it as precedent. Look at it as how you can socially engineer things to make things better in line with the agenda. And this is what this young girl will have come out of, and uh, that's why people, like white people, are going to get, get fucked by the system, and, and the, uh, the muds are going to get, oh, let off with a slap on her wrist. Oh, you jerked off all over this white girl? Oh, that's all right. We'll give you a couple months probation. Yeah, and that's why the minorities have no respect, because they're animals, and the only thing they understand is being shot or being thrown over tree limbs. When you watch the news clip on this, Alex, out of Minneapolis, the white girl reporting on it, the, 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 you know, they make it sound as if there's been a death in the family or something. You know? And they yeah. call this guy by his middle name, Oscar, misidentify him, 
And uh, then they cut real quick to the white guy as if he's Oscar uh, Gonzalez when they ask his opinion. It's just very poor reporting. And then check this. The FBI agent's name is Julio, uh, how do you say this, Quinones? Q-U-I-N-O-N-E-S. Quinones. Probably. There's probably a tilde over there. Cajones. <laughs> yeah, he's the number two guy in the whole FBI agent, a supervising agent in charge. So between Cajones and Rachel Palo, Palos from, from Kerala, India, they can't come yeah. up with any other charges except something that's just going to lay this guy up for six months at worst. And the local white news girl sounds totally dejected that this is going to occur to poor Mr. Gonzalez. It, it really is pretty amazing. I mean, Another they, uh, shining minority that hasn't lived up to his potential. Yeah, he's a good kid. He just made a mistake, you know. And, and that's hey. right. you know now that you do that, Alex. The guy's got hip hop regalia all over. He's got uh, he's got these pants down to his the top part of his ankles. You know, big wide, uh, fourteen inch wide jeans on, and besides, uh, mm-hmm. so all his friends are niggers listening to hip hop. I, I wrote them all. I even made a movie about it. I got it on YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this well, is just in fire. Yeah, with it. This is what these muds are, and this is the cost of whites not controlling their own country when relinquishing it to the Jews who now set all of our rules and mock us endlessly in the media. We have to come together and turn it around. There's, and me, there's no one else but us who can do it. There's a lawyer there who supports this Rachel Palos. He's her good buddy, probably her mentor. He looks like he's about my age. His name is Scott W. Johnson. He's a Minneapolis attorney. It says he's in the Claremont Institute. So I looked at him, and he runs this thing called powerlineblog.com. So I looked up the Claremont Institute, and it says that most of the Institute's members are followers of the teachings of Leo Strauss. Well, yeah, well, Craig, the, uh, the, that's in Claremont where Pomona is. That's the graduate, that's a thing associated with, like, the graduate school there, but that's a neocon hornet's uh-huh. nest. And also in Claremont at CMC, the formerly the men's college, uh, you've got Harry Jaffa, who's the main Lincoln professor, who's putting up the lie that Lincoln was, you know, essentially a neocon, and the one fighting with DiLorenzo. So that's kind of the background there. The Claremont Institute is completely, it's conservative, but it's all, it's neoconservative. And, yeah, it's the same Jew Straussians. Yeah, what an intricate media. web we weave. Yeah. Well, you know, so maybe maybe this Indian broad is also a, a neocon or something, but either way, we know that she's not white. <laughs> and, Foreign and we know bureaucrat that they're, in a position uh, of power. Since at least Carter, the liberals have been appointing, you know, uh, so many of these judges are just appointments, and they just have been appointing these judges for decades, and they are the ones who throw us in prison for decades and let the minorities off with a slap on the wrist. You can't underestimate how much they just plain sure. fucking hate white males. They hate them. You bet. And they hate them because we're superior. Because we created the best countries on earth, and we can do things that they can't do, and this is their revenge. There is no more to it than that. And I say that white males ought to be running the country and not any other group. And there's no way around it. I mean, I don't, I don't like seeing people treated... Look, just look at the TV commercials. I don't like being the butt of everything. I wouldn't mind once in a while, and you know, if it were, or being ribbed if it were justified, but being treated as the objects of abuse just perpetually and forever, that's what's in store for us under a judeocracy. Well, they've got white women now. They're, they're, they're just supposed to be ejaculated up on, an, on a public airplane. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like the guy, uh, 
you know, flooded the flooded the uh, bathroom in the plane or something. That's about as, as serious as an offense as they. Yeah, made. I'd like to see the boyfriend go out there and just slit this ugly fucking Mexican's throat. Yeah, that would be choice. I'd love to report that. Yeah, cut off his head. You know, put it on a on a bridge overpass. But uh, that's that's uh, future music. Here we have Haaretz. Uh, and the Israel factor ranking the presidential candidates, and uh, they put quite a bit of work into this section where they have every possible candidate they could have run for the presidency, and they rank them on a scale from one to ten, one being worse for Israel and ten being oh, best for Israel. <laughs> and who are the top three in their in their rankings? Top three as of today. Oh, Rudy, 9-11 Giuliani. Giuliani. At 8.75. Then number two, Newt, Neocon Gingrich at 8.13. Yeah. And John Manchurian candidate McCain at yeah. 7.25. Yeah, yeah, so the top 3 are Republicans and they're complete uh, complete Jew fags. I'm complete Jew ass lickers. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, former governor of New York, is the one who turned down a gift from uh, some Arabs, I think Saudi Arabia, of 10 million dollars. So, no doubt the Jews have, have put up matching funds in his in his campaign fund. Newt Gingrich is, is just a complete twink, twinky wanker. Who was a former big shot who won the Republican majority in Congress? He's into the Tofflers, a couple of Jew futurists, and he's all into, well, if we're in a war, then we gotta win it. We wanna win the war, then we wanna lose the war. He just, he's just a complete fat dork. Kind of like a Goy uh, Dennis Prager. And uh, he is, a, it is impossible to become more of a Jew tool than he is because it's not just on the foreign policy and waging aggressive wars, but he is. He completed the liberalization of the GOP into something that claims race doesn't matter, and he'll get all red-faced and start screaming if anyone points out that the races are irreconcilable. Uh, and uh, he, he may even believe it's true, but uh, it, it ain't true. And uh, under him, you know, there's, no, there's no difference between the two parties. They're just, and there's no difference among the people who lead them. They're all a bunch of Jew tools. There's not one in this list. That would stand against uh, our relation, our special relationship with Israel. You know, like the mosquitoes' special relationship with your blood supply. <laughs> Here they got Sam Sam Brownback of Kansas. He's one of the worst Israel toadies in the United States Senate, if not the worst, in my opinion. Is, is he not a Jew? No. Well, I don't know, but no. Brownback's I think he might be a Jew, actually. I'll have to look that up. He's in Kansas. But then they have Al Gore. He's number six. And uh, I recently looked at a picture of his house in Bellmead, Nashville, and I went all over that uh, luxury area. I hit every single match in there, so I guess his Nicker Butler picked up a copy of the Aaron Turner. <laughs> 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 uh, here hey, you go, you. sir. <laughs> look, what so it's a fine reading matter with your mint juleps. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Al Gore. Yeah, boy, he's looking a lot fleshier, isn't he? <laughs> Fleshy, fat Hillary Clinton. Then we got a crack smoking uh Barack <laughs> Gro Gro Obama. <laughs> He's at the bottom of the list. Now that surprised me. <laughs> Not when his middle name's Hussein and and he's a uh, he's he hates <laughs> white people. He's a uh, he's a crack smoking uh, possible rapist, admitted coke fiend, and uh, other drug user. Yeah, and yet the Jews have been promoting him nonstop. 
in the U.S. to a certain well, extent. Well, he, he has completely tried to, to dissolve any connection to his earlier. He was claims he's raised Christian, and he, he was he has whatever background, but he's he's tried to make amends for it by ostensibly becoming a Christian and selling out to Israel and, and not using drugs at least six days of the week and uh, yeah, but whatever do, else. Do we see a pattern here? Do we think then that they're trying to sabotage the Democrat vote, which could potentially be anti-war uh, with a candidate like Barack, who uh, you know is destined uh, to lose? I think it's pretty much straightforward. I mean, there's you know, I mean, if it's Hillary Clinton or Al Gore or any of the three top Republicans that they rate the highest, I mean, there's not going to be that much of a difference. Um, they're they're all. Now, John Edwards had said at some point he made one little. He made what? Craig, do you remember what he said? He made some comment that could have been taken as like uh, rational about the Middle East, and apparently there was a hushed silence. Like, oh my God, he like implied the unthinkable. Like, you know, that other countries might have a reason for being afraid of Israel or something. It was a couple weeks ago, so that'll probably that will probably sink him, or they'll start trying to sink him. But uh. And then you notice Ann Coulter called John Edwards a fag because he's yeah okay he smiles too much but that's the only good thing I've ever heard about him was that he uh, he he made that little comment about the Middle East but whoever whoever gets in there is going to be a complete Jew tool it doesn't matter which wing of the party is elected how is it that white Americans are waking up to the Israeli problem and yet the leaders are uh, so far behind that's going to be a big disconnect for them. Well, they're getting all their money from APEC, as we know from various books, J.J. Goldberg's Jewish Power, another book you'll never be assigned in college, and Kevin McDonald's The Culture of Critique, another book you'll never be assigned in college. Culture of Critique, Jewish Power, Goldberg, McDonald. We know that the Jews supply most of the money to the Democrats and are the largest single donor to the Republicans, too. So to claim Jews have bought our Congress is uh, essentially accurate, right? Yeah, and to I'm, claim the Jews own the New York Times is accurate. To claim the Jews own the Washington Post is accurate. To claim the Jews own ABC, ESPN, Disney is accurate. MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon, A Thousand Westwood One Stations, Simon & Schuster, Knopf Publishers. Nickelodeon, most watched by young girls. Uh, MTV, most watched by teenage girls. VH1. All filled with multicultural propaganda, trying to turn your kid into a young whore who teams up with niggers to produce the new world order generation of, of 90 IQ idiots. Is that the future you want a part of? Or do you think we have something better here at Goyfire? If so, then you need to join us. Copy this off. Distribute it to friends. These are recorded for MP3s. Downloadable forever. Burn them onto CDs. This is what's going on. This is the battle of our times. And all these suckers of the official suckers are completely on the side of Israel. And uh, that's yeah, well, against your interest. Speaking of which, we have an Israel insider... And this uh, would be otherwise known as Louis René Bérez. Uh, he was born in Switzerland, August 31st, 1945, and lectures and is published widely in the United States and abroad on matters relating to terrorism, <laughs> nuclear terrorism, nuclear strategy, and nuclear war. His work on Israeli security concerns is well known in Israel, where he is a frequent speaker on military and defense matters. Uh, Jane, you brought this personage to my attention. Sure. I found out about him on Free Republic. Uh, they're always uh, hawking the latest, uh, greatest Jew. 
And he teaches at Purdue, which is in the Midwest. It's in Indiana. And so what we were talking about at the outset of this program, when Alex answered the fellow about uh, college education, uh, this is what you're paying for. This guy is the chair of Project Daniel, which is a small Israeli group effort to advise the prime minister on certain existential security issues, primarily growing threats of nuclear war and unconventional terrorism. This guy... If you look at his own uh, CV online, he's got it. We've got the PDF file listed there. Uh, he's been to Israel at least six times, paid for by the uh, Israelis, and those are just the ones he lists. So he's going all around, and of course this is a very topical thing now because they're all trying to insinuate that if Iran isn't obliterated, that they're, they're going to do that to uh, Israel. Yeah, good so, point. Uh, he, he's in, in, in top demand right now. He's written his columns that says it appear in the newspapers, New York Times, Indianapolis Star, Chicago Tribune, Los Angeles Times, USA Today, the Boston Globe, the Washington Post, the Christian Science Monitor, the Jerusalem Post, of which Richard Pearl used to be one of the uh, uh, board on the board of directors, uh, Haaretz, which is an Israeli paper, a very major one, and uh, a, a Swiss paper. And so, and then nowhere does it say he's a Jew. Nowhere. You know, they're not going to tell you he's a Jew. Well, it's an interesting name, Barris. I don't know if that, maybe it's Sephardic, which is like Spanish Jews as opposed to Ashkenazi, German, or Polish Jews. Mm -hmm. But uh, like the Spanish name, Paris, but this is Barris, B-E-R-E-S. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just guessing. A lot of them were kicked out of Spain. They came in through the back door in Holland, and then, you know, some of them got back into England. But uh, if there were a real white movement, this is the kind of guy that would be taken out pretty quickly. And he's just another punk who basically the white tax dollars are, are paying to fly him over to Israel to lecture them on existential threats like, oh, my God, somebody other than Israel in the, in the Middle East might get a nuclear weapon, you know, to defend themselves against Israel. And, you know, he's on the white taxpayer dime a number of ways. He's, being, he's at Purdue, which is a Big Ten university, uh, teaching white kids a bunch of bullshit about Israel. And uh, we don't need people like this in this country. And there are many of them, and they're all, somehow they're in your pocket and using that to fund the growth and expansion of their own little hate state and claiming that that's in our interest, but it isn't. Having no connection with Israel whatsoever is the only true American foreign policy worth a damn. I'm sure he and thinks the rest it's fine that Israel be uh, chalked to the teeth full of nuclear weapons, which they Craig, are. how do you think you'd respond if we said, how come Israel has never allowed inspection of its nuclear weapons? Oh, yeah. He probably said, there's no proof that they have them. No proof. It's so why did they lock up the guy in jail for 18 years who claimed that they did at Demona? It's ambiguous. That's the key. It's ambiguous. Well, he, he what, what else is it? You know, well, why is Iran not allowed to develop nuclear power? It has every right to do that under the international treaties. How come Iran and Iraq allow inspections, but Israel doesn't? Now, how come I can't ask simple questions without being called an anti-Semite? This guy's list of articles, if you could look at the titles of some of them, they're just preposterous, one after the other. <laughs> why, why is something like, you know, I'm just paraphrasing, why Israel must not allow Iran? Yeah, here it is. Here's one here. Why Israel must not allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons by Louis René Barres. That's just one. I mean, the, the, the depth of this guy's obsession is fanatical. So what the hell is he doing teaching at Purdue, white kids? Why don't you go over yeah, to Israel and what is he teaching at teach? Purdue? Yeah, exactly. I wonder, huh? Duh. More of the same. Yeah, and, and and every university has got some version of this character. You know, he might not be the nuclear expert, but he's the yeah, Israeli you're exactly expert. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. 
Look at the list of his writings. If you open that PDF, uh, the, the chair of Project Daniel. Project Daniel, of course, named after Daniel on the Bible. You know who was that? Wasn't he the one who had gotten the uh, slayed uh, the giant? Right? Wasn't that? Who was Daniel in the Lion's Den? Is what I remember. Is it the Lion's Den? Yeah. Well, anyway, he said it began with the assumption that Israel's security environment must be appraised continuously and that the threat of a rational state and non-state enemies armed with weapons of mass destruction, there we are with that word again, hey, assets yeah. represents the single most urgent danger to the country's survival. On hey, Craig, and, and if, you're, if you're not from Indiana, you can attend Purdue for only 14293 per year. Is that the cost? Huh? Out-of-state tuition. State. That doesn't include books. That doesn't include personal living expenses. So, say, Purdue's about twenty k a year to hear this Jew yeah. tell you why your country should and, 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 take it up the he, ass from Israel. Here's another one of his titles. It says he's the strategic and military affairs analyst for the Jewish press in New York City. <laughs> so, he, he not only is he a liturgical expert on uh, biblical and modern nuclear weapons and everything in between, uh, but... <laughs> He's a triple dipping snip dick. Yeah, that's what he is. And you're you're paying for this kind of crap. Yeah, I want to go to college. I want to go to Purdue. And I want to hear from a. Yeah, that's great. If you want to get into that whole, if you want to join the uh, the <coughs> the evil system, then yeah, that because that's the kind of access you're going to get to guys like this. You're going to hear a lot of one-sided crap in the name of education, but it's not true education. So, if you think that's worth 20000 a year to, to hear guys like this and you go to college and learn liberal arts and take your foreign policy from some Jew, from some Israeli apologist, I don't think it's worth any money. I don't think, I don't want to pay my enemies to indoctrinate me. Christ, I can buy a newspaper if I need that. I want to learn from intelligent men, and it so happens real learning is free, essentially, if you put the time into it. Uh, Stan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Stan's our engineer here. He helps record. Address is info at goyfire.com, right, Stan? Yep. Like I said, we'll address any substantial letter that comes in, and we have a, a handful of them today just at the top of the show before we get going into these incredibly groovy stories. Yeah. Groovy if they didn't affect you and you're just learning from them or being amused by them. It's fodder for our comedic stylings here at the <laughs> All right, now let's get into the mail. What do you say? Okay, well, uh, let's, let's start with a simple one. Uh, this is from Delilah. <laughs> And it says, hi, excuse me, could you explain to me what you were standing for? So, Delilah, did you listen to one of the show or even merely ten minutes of the show? I would think it would be fairly self-explanatory. We stand for white people living in a white society in which things like the stories we report on Goyfire happen very, 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 very infrequently. And are dealt with on a sliding scale to absolutely never. Yeah. You know, people aren't robbing, people aren't carjacking and multiple raping and homiciding and torturing and pouring chemicals over and jerking off on the sleeves of uh, white girls or on their skin or grabbing them in Walmart and jerking off on them. What is this fascination that shitskins have with jerking off on people? That's at least the second story I can remember in the last six months of these Mexicans and, and their uh, uncontrollable urges, and we're letting them fill our country. We're against that. We're against so-called civil rights for niggers that is the end of civil rights. Civil right means free association. It means you hire, fire whoever you want, you associate with whoever you want, not whoever the Jews tell you. See, the Jews took that right from us in the name of rights. Jews tend to do things in the name of their opposites. We're against that. We're against having our society controlled by Jews to the tune of spending 
excuse me, sending and spending $10 million a day to Israel. That should be at home in white pockets and not wasting $1.2 trillion and growing on a war to advance Israel's interests instead of American interests. So we're for the white race, and whatever is good for whites, that's what Goyfire supports. Whatever is dangerous or injurious to whites, we're against. We that's stand simple. for ethnic cleansing, too. By whatever. We stand for getting them out of our space. Yeah, they, the longer they exist and the, the more they spread, the more parts of our countries and our world that our people founded becomes off-limits because we simply can't live like these goddamn simians called humans. And that ought to be pretty self-explanatory, not just from Goyfire, but from looking out your window at the kind of world that surrounds you and the crap you read in the papers. That's what we're here to talk about is explain how you're lied to, how you're lied about and you're lied to in the media and, and what part that plays in conditioning you to accept things that are absolutely horrible. And looking at your one-eyed Jew in your bedroom, too. Right, accepting dis-eugenics instead of eugenics as the norm. So that uh, downbreeding with, with uh, subhumans is encouraged, whereas upbreeding is considered evil. So we're living in an upside-down world, and I think part of our mission is just putting it right side up. Well, she was yeah, and that, that's a good point. I mean, the media encouraging the mixing of white and black, that's like telling you, uh, imagine if they were telling white girls, go breed with uh, white retards. It's good. It's diversity. It will enrich you. You'd go, that's crazy. How can breeding with retards be any good? What are the children going to be like? Well, that's exactly what breeding with niggers is. Their standard IQ is, is a deviation below whites. I mean, it's significantly less. And when you breed with them, you're downbreeding. And, uh, and that's encouraged by the media. The media is hostile. It's genocidal. It's trying to wreck our genetic line by encouraging us to mix with people who are not like us in the slightest possible way. We're literally a different species. Anyway, let's move on. What's the next one, Stan? In Goyfire 47, you spoke of how niggers are slowly being pushed into television programming, mainly children's. Lately, I've been troubled by the growing amount of niggers, spicks, and cyber-hacking queers that infested this site, meaning uh, GoVNN Forum. <coughs> um, isn't the forum moving in the same direction as television? One day I'm reading shit talk about us from one nigger, then two niggers, then a beaner starts talking shit about us on our white forum. Little cyber hacking queers throw threats at us with no retribution. I'll still look into the site for news and to listen to shows. I came to this forum to be with whites and discuss white issues. If I wanted to experience niggers, I'd turn on my television. First, I'd have to buy one. I hate this shit so much that I gave my television away and no longer listen to broadcast radio also. I'll still continue to send money, order donations to support the Goy Fire and Free Talk Live. Thank you, Tyler Durden. Well, my answer to that is... Uh I think there's a value in free speech, and I've said that a lot of people want a whites-only forum, and my view is that as long as uh, whites are free to express themselves, they will dominate uh, <clears throat> whatever it is because they are right. Now, if we had a party or whatever, certainly we would be worth banning people and keeping it exclusively white, but that would require background checks and what have you. We don't know who people are in the Internet. I find that there may be some minorities that come to a BNN forum, but so what? If they... If they break any of the rules, they get fired like anyone else. Most of them aren't particularly offensive, and as long as you're free to start threads and say what you want, and we will keep people out of activist threads, I don't see a problem with it. So that's we've always run VNN in those lines. We have few moderators, and we don't charge them with doing very much, except keeping pa spam 
uh, off there, and, and of course people are forbidden to post illegal stuff. We get rid of it if we ever see it. And that's what we want. It's, it's kind of a, basically aimed for adults to be able to discuss what they want uh, without disrupting others unduly, and uh, I think it works pretty well. We're able to get a lot of news out. I know some people would like it otherwise, but uh, in my opinion, it's the right way to go. So since it's my forum, that's how we're going to do it. And then we get comical characters like Crypto Kunis, who's a... Uh, and, and believe it or not, some of the coloreds and minorities have things to say that are also suppressed. Uh, Elizabeth Wright is a good example. A lot of them, I theoretically, and it really is the theory because we've been trying for years, we'd like to see the development of... of minority nationalism that would uh, be able to work with whites in, in, in a group, in a, in a broad front effort against the Jews. Because it used to be, black nationalism used to be strong among the, uh, the blacks, but the Jews denatured it because they want to use coloreds, especially Mexicans and, and blacks, to destroy the white community. So they don't want them keeping the talented tenth of their community and trying to go their own way. Because they, they don't live like us, they're not like us, they do better on their own or at least on their own among us with us paying for it. So we want to stimulate any kind of black nationalism along Farrakhan's lines that we can, even though he believes ridiculous things about white people. George and so did actually work with him to some extent. Sure. Yeah, we we, who, do, who was that, Grover Washington, who wanted to uh, set up a colony in Africa? Or who? No, it was Marcus Garvey, I think. That's it, that's it, yeah. There, there were schools of reasonable blacks back at the turn of the century, and the Jews helped to undermine them. by they, What they wanted to promote was that ACP, which the Jews set up. A lot of people don't know that. Unless they listen to Goyfar, we say it all the time. The Jews set up the NAACP to turn blacks into a bunch of bitches. They didn't used to bitch about everything the way they do today. And even if you meet Africans, they're not like American blacks a lot of times. They, they don't, they're just sort of people who are really stupid and black-colored. But they don't bitch about you know being, oh, the whites oppressing me. They do a little more now because the media is so global that everyone has seen the, the standard argument that whites are evil. But in the old days, it wasn't really so. And they, black schools of thought were either let's go back to Africa or cast down your bucket where you are and accept that you know, you know, accept your limitations. This is what you're capable of. You're not really equal to whites, but that doesn't mean that you can't do a hell of a lot. I mean, it's not like a lot of whites aren't lazy, and it's not like there's not a gap that blacks can't move into productively simply by doing what they do well and minding their P's and Q's. And that was the Booker T. Washington school of thought. And uh, the Jews did everything they could to encourage blacks in the way of self-pity, you see, which is self-pity is destructive to anyone who accepts it. Oh, I'm guilty. I'm a victim. What I do doesn't matter because they're trying to oppress me. You see, that's the line we have to, we have to run. There's no way to get around it. That is the case. The white nationalist case is just, but it should never, ever be mistaken for any kind of self-pity. We have to be hard on ourselves, become better than the Jews, and retake whatever we want from them. Self-pity is not the way to do that, but describing what their system does and the way it systematically excludes white identity and, and <coughs> hates on the very concept of white identity doesn't allow whites to exist as a group. There's no way to get around pointing that out, and it's in no way is it seeking an, an excuse or an extenuation for any of our own failings. It's simply a fact of the matter that has to be addressed, and one which the ostensible people who would address it, the conservatives, never will. Because they claim it's all individualism and, and race-free. We'll get into that more in the Derbyshire portion when we talk about that later today. In which a neocon uh, appeaser and collaborator, John Derbyshire from Britain, uh, says that, uh, yeah, he's afraid of the Jews. He's, he knows that you can't, that writing something that they'll disagree with is a very bad career strategy. 
well, maybe it's not all about John Derbyshire's career. Maybe there's something a little bigger at stake. But not to him, but to us, yes. So, all right, you don't like niggers and whatever on there? Well, that's just not the way we're going, but we do appreciate your support. So listen to Goy Fire and Free Talk Live, and we'll keep trying to expand it. We've already got it going about, what, three days a week now, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. And uh, probably soon to add Sunday and Tuesday. So and you'll be able to listen to Broadcasters, by the way, Dietrich and uh, White Man for White Land, these are young men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these guys are in their 20s and 30s, and they're talking about their local area and linking it to the national concerns we discuss here in Goy Fire. Actually, global concerns. Well, we can move on to the next letter if you're ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going. It's not lollygag here. This one comes from Shane, and he says, I agree with most of what you say about liberal arts being a scam in college these days. <laughs> Despite all of my self-taught knowledge and most reading, I think college made me smarter just because I was forced to write long essays and papers while studying history and political science. Having five or six Jewish professors over the years from all different spectrums, I saw them for what they are, Jews. But anyway, without college, I wouldn't be as smart as I am today, although I essentially agree with you guys that it's a scam. So I don't think higher learning is something white nationalists can just withdraw from. We need to start shaping this in our colleges and have standards for admission. Then again, maybe that's optimistic. Maybe our universities are too Jewified to really change at this point. Fuck, I don't know. I just think more educated people are better off than people working in dominoes. But I also forget that most people are proles and when they go to college and only further inoculated with PC bullshit that's... Anyway, uh, what can a white what nationalist can a, do what for can their a, children? Yeah, okay. Uh, Aegis, you want to take a crack at that? I can only really uh, sympathize with his, uh, with his sentiments there I, and can only concur with a lot of his observations. People really do have to look at college as a scam. I think the Internet is taking on a, a greater role. In, as a means of educating yourself uh, if you're an autodidact. Universities these days have, have definitely fallen off. Um, on the one hand, uh, he's, he's absolutely right, you have the Jewish professors and the PC ideology. Also, you have the non-whites that don't belong there, and you have a large, uh, over 50% are female. And you're supposed to pay up uh, to you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year for it, and and go into debt and pay interest on those loans. Um, it sounds as if a set, uh, the, the I, I agree. I would say go to community college at least where it's cheap, and avoid all politically correct courses as much as possible, or take the radical route and go just jump ship and go to Europe. Uh, where tuition rates are at least under control and do the same thing. But that, that of course, uh, entails learning a different language and uh, having the means to support yourself in a foreign country. But oh, oh, Yeah. Now, <laughs> let, me, let me talk about this, all right? Now, I just, while, while Aegis and, Stan and uh, Craig were talking, I looked up the cost for my old school, Pomona College, a private school, not Cal Pomona, but private private college Pomona in Claremont, California. Projected 2006-2007 expenses for full-paying students. Tuition and fees, $31,865. Room and board, 11291 
So you're basically when you when all the bullshit is said and done, you're talking uh, not much shy of fifty thousand a goddamn year to attend this. And what are you going to be taught? You're going to be taught by very intelligent people, but most of them are going to be they're going to be some they're going to be teaching some school that's ultimately derived from Karl Marx. All right, now maybe you have you know two hundred thousand dollars you're willing to throw away from an inheritance or something that you're willing to spend on that. I sure as fuck would not spend that on my kids to go where I went uh, to, to pay that. The, the point is that you have to look at college like anything else from a cost-benefit analysis, and what do you actually get out of it? And my argument is that on the liberal arts side of things, basically you're getting a bunch of leftism, and it's not worth paying $50,000 a year. And Jesus Christ, when I went there, I think it was... I don't know what it was, but it was, and this was back in the 84 to 88, probably about 12000 a year, I would say, something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was closer to the 20, but it sure as hell wasn't, it sure as hell wasn't $50,000 a year. And, and that's absolutely common. I know it's even more probably for like Duke and Harvard than Pomona, but it's, it's the same league, and, and that's what the upper end is. And unless you get personal connections that are really worth something, that, there's no way to justify that kind of thing. The best instruction I had at college was when I took a, a summer course in German, and my dad paid 400 and we did three hours a day for, I don't know, probably eight weeks during the summer, and I really learned the guts of uh, German grammar. And so $400 got me something specific, knowledge of German grammar, taught by an Australian guy. I wish I could remember him. He was a hell of a good teacher, really the best sort of a, a British type of subject, if you know what I mean, you know, down to earth, very humble, very knowledgeable, and... Uh, you know, it didn't. I paid very little for it. There's a huge room full of people, right? Class size ain't got shit to do with education. Money ain't got shit to do with education. It's going to the very best people, regardless, whatever, whether they're professors, people you know in the community, or, or some guy under a tree who actually knows mechanics, learning from him. You've got to find where the best are, and you go directly to them and learn. And that doesn't have anything to do with money or class size. This guy in the German class, he lectured. We probably had, you know, 40, 50 people jammed in there. Big deal, whatever. He, he taught us the guts of it. And, uh, and I'm not telling you things that I'm making up. That's not my opinion. They've studied that. Liberals have studied that, trying to find that connection between, oh, we've got to have more money for the schools. There is no connection there. There's no connection between money. Education has nothing to do with money. And you say that you're forced to write essays and that made you better. Well, I can't, you know, I can't say that you're wrong, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the reality of it from my point of view. And I went to one of the better schools. I had to write all those same essays. All it taught me was, oh, God, i got to write another five-page paper. And, you know, it taught me how to bloviate. That is, write at length and, and, and keep the good stuff out or, or so dilute it with water that it would reach the, the required uh, volume, right? Now, when I wrote professionally, when I went into trade writing, the first thing I had to fucking do was dislearn all that and learn, no, no, fucker, sum it up. They're, they're not paying you to be windy or ask questions or be funny. They're paying you for information. They want it summed up. What does it mean to them immediately right off the top? And, and a, a guy who was a hell of a lot less intelligent than every single professor I had really taught me how to write correctly because it meant money. It meant this is what we're doing. If we can't do it, we ain't going to have paying subscribers. you got to get to the fucking point, sum it up, and go on. It's the opposite of what I learned in college, and it was far more valuable both in terms of money and just it, it, it made me a better writer from when I started doing VNN. So you see, even, even intelligence doesn't have a hell of a lot to do with learning. You need the force of, of, the force of money and having to make things go on their own is, is, 
I prefer that uh, that private corporate world to academia. I think they're just a bunch of lazy fucks who want to hit on the attractive sophomores and basically do nothing most of the year and maybe write one paper. And they don't even really want to teach or lecture much. So colleges tend to be filled with really passive, wussy, uh, homosexual or leftist males. And, and I had respect for very, very few of them. And most of them hated me. And uh, The tuition has hit 50000 in some of these private universities. And has... Uh, the deluge of foreigners allowed into this country from multimillionaire families all over the world. Whether it's South well, America, I think part know. of the reason they some of those foreigners pay full way, and that's part of why they take them, I believe. But you know, they uh, it's subsidized for for a lot of the minorities. I'm sure I, I guarantee you could take the the minorities at Pomona, and they're not paying any forty five thousand a year tuition and room and board. So it it's. <laughs> You just—it's college should not be looked at as the, the middle class are easily duped. They're—they're very—they're kind of word worshippers. I have a college education. What does it mean? Fifty percent of the people who are college age have a college education, but it's not—it's only a college education in name, and it's certainly not going to guarantee you any kind of income when you get out. If you're going to go into liberal arts, I would say either you need to get into some kind of high-paying job, like becoming a lawyer. If, if you're simply going to learn things, I, I can't imagine. I, I've never heard of a. Maybe the great books program at, what is it, St. John's? There's a couple that emphasize great books. There might be a couple of Catholic ones that emphasize great books. Uh, and maybe they haven't even been co-opted by the neocons, but I wouldn't bet on it. But if you're going for straight liberal arts knowledge, man, college is not the place to find it. Not the place to find it. You go to VNN, you read up on all the, all the authors that I've mentioned. You go to Twain, you go to Mencken. You go to Bierce, you read what they said. You read Hawthorne, you read anyone called great... Regardless of how great you think they are, go read through Wild. That's how you learn how to write. That's how you see Jesus. That's a, a use of that word I never saw before. You're not going to find that in college. You're going to get some cunt who's, you know, they sit on their ass long enough, they get a master's, then they get a PhD, then they're teaching at, you know, they're teaching at Southwest Missouri State or something, and they're telling you to read something by Kate Millett, and they're downgrading you if you don't agree with them while they're ignoring all of your grammatical mistakes and that you can't form a coherent paragraph. That's what college is. It's just a joke. Now, what you didn't tell us in this letter, Shane, was how much you went in debt to go to college. All right. Meanwhile, that guy who's working at Domino's is saving all those ones and twos. If he's smart, he's getting ahead. He's actually getting somewhere. And uh, I don't think you can you can over, uh, over overrate saving money because money is really freedom. It's as free as you can get until we retake the country from the Jews. The more money you have, the better position you're in. And because most people do not have the old-style morality, they think, oh, there's debt, there's credit, there's credit everywhere, so, you know, make use of it. And, well, that can lead you to bankruptcy. Or you know, <laughs> it can lead you to, to long-term, oh, yeah, I paid $50 on my credit card this once, so the balance went down by, you know, $15. So I'm making some progress on it. <laughs> that's, that's how a hell of a lot of people are living. You're going to be perpetually in debt slave. What you have to do is stay out of debt. You know, and you don't tell us how much you spent on your so-called college education. You may feel it's worthwhile, but I don't know, man. I, I personally wouldn't take on any debt for... <laughs> There'd have to be an extremely good reason, because, man, it's just plain slavery. The misery of paying off credit cards. The misery of paying off, like, a car note. Ugh. The misery of the, the very thought. And I thought seriously about dropping out when I was a sophomore. I didn't pay for my college. I was lucky my parents worked very hard and they saved enough money they were able to pay for it straight out. Although I did, ha I did have debts at the time, but, but uh, 
they ended up paying uh, most of them off. I paid a little of it off, but you know, if I'd had to undertake the thing myself, and I knew people who used their whole inheritance to pay for it, I never would have done it. Never would have done it. And I was smart enough. I could have gone to Utah on a free ride, and that's what I would have done if I'd had to pay it myself. Uh, you just have to be extremely careful what you're purchasing. It's like any other purchase. The mystique of a college education, that's exactly what it is. It's a mystique that inappropriately attaches to something that's nothing but Marxist indoctrination in anything that's liberal arts. Uh, is, is It needs to be dispelled, and that's what we're here at Goyfire to do, to dispel the mystique. You know what's good is having a lot of money. Having a lot of money is damn good. You know what's not good? Being in debt. You know what's not good? Learning things that ain't true. Because you actually, when you come out of college, I guarantee you know more things that aren't true than you knew before you went in, and that's proved. Every time they do surveys, they find that the people who are graduates of college, and the higher end up you go, the worse it is. The smarter you are going in, the higher end school you go to, the more indoctrinated you are when you come out. It's working class people who don't go to college who have a better sense of reality than these fucking graduates who are messing up our country. They've been brainwashed and conditioned to fit into a Jewish machine, and they just the farther up you go, you know, then you go to grad school, then you get your PhD, then you go work for some fucking foundation. These are the people who are running our country right into the ground. And a lot of them don't even realize the, the, the final results. The Jews do. They are the ones who set the system up. They co-opted the institutions and turned them to their own advantage and channeled the, the energies and the idealism of the most intelligent whites to drive their own race right into the fucking ground so that now everything is niggerized. So that's evidently what the, uh, the idea-generating sector of our community wants. And they generate the ideas. The ideas go to the Jews over in, in the publishing arm called the mass media, and the result is what you see around you. You know, if you want to be a part of all that, go to college. But reading a bunch of Mark-derived drivel and hearing that from a bunch of drab lesbians, I mean, that's not going to get you anywhere. I find it fucking boring. Colleges really did have a, a, an enormous potential of unifying the talented minority of, of our race and really specializing them further. Today, what solution, what alternative would I recommend? I would say, yeah, use whatever college facilities you can, tangentially if possible, without paying the tuition. That means using their facilities or following certain courses to a certain extent, but really also using the Internet and its networking capabilities to find other amateurs involved in your yeah. areas of, of interest. And let, let me add more. I mean, if you are intent on going to college, well, there are all kinds of books out there that will teach you, you know, which colleges are better than which other ones. It's also a matter of professors. Don't go by the course descriptions. What you want to do is talk to people. You want to get the right teacher. You get a good teacher, and it doesn't really matter what they're teaching because it's just like a goyfire. They're going to stray. You know, we're, yeah, we're talking about this, but... You know, if something occurs to me, I'm going to go off on that tangent. Well, that's what a good teacher is going to do. They're going to, you're going to learn a hell of a lot on the side. So you find out who the best teachers are, and you take them if you're going to go. And, and you'll, you'll always be happy in that way. You will actually learn something, and you try to stay away from the ones that, are, that, that aren't any good. But by all means, no one should be discouraged from not going to college. What you want to do is not be like most of America, not live paycheck to paycheck, even if you are making the lowest wage possible. First of all, if you have anything in the ball, you won't be making the lowest wage for very long, maybe a few months. So what you want to do is not be like the losers and live paycheck to paycheck. You want to save up money and get more and more ahead each month. That's how America always worked. You've got to look at it like, wow, what a great opportunity. I can save money, even with the socialist taxes and the, the shithole that it's becoming. You have to get ahead. 
and drag yourself up that way and prove that you're part of the overclass, and then you have a right to dictate your own political future, right? Otherwise, you're just some slob being fed by the fucking socialist government, and and the people who have the self-control are going to dictate to you. So, on your upward climb, I mean, the thing that's here that wasn't here when I was in school was the Internet, and, and really... You find out which area you're interested. You research it. You know a hell of a lot going in. Research the colleges. Find out, uh, you know, say you're into anthropology. Well, you find out who's teaching true anthropology as opposed to Boazian Jewish anthropology where they claim that all cultures are equal and race doesn't exist. I want to know the real bone anthropology where they deal with physical facts. And you find out who are the people doing that, and you go to their sites. Maybe you contact them and see if you can get in. But don't don't be wasting money or going into huge tens of thousands of dollars. Don't take on tens of thousands of dollars in debt to be taught by some Jew a bunch of marks. That's just foolish. And it's not going to lead you to a higher-paying job. In fact, if you're that hardcore and think it is, I would recommend simply lying about it. And maybe that sounds evil to you, but I would just, if I were you, I would avoid the debt and just lie and claim that you have it. If you know English, no one will ever believe you're lying. Claim that you have like a... If, I'm not kidding. If you can write a, a sentence without grammatical errors, if you can structure paragraphs, no one will ever believe you're lying if you claim a graduate degree from basically any institution in the country, including Harvard. Uh, I'm not lying about that at all. I've gone through thousands of resumes, and most people are just fucking uselessly illiterate. <laughs> and they lie. <laughs> yeah, so and usually if, their if lies you have the chutzpah... You, if you, you, have, to, if you have the balls to claim that you have a communication degree from Wichita State and you can write a coherent uh, sentence, I wouldn't even think to question you. I would never expect someone with a degree from, say, I don't even know if there is a Wichita State or if they have a communication degree, <laughs> but I would never, ever expect anyone with a degree in communication from Wichita State to be able to write more than two sentences without some kind of error in it. You understand? Mm-hmm. That's the reality, son. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd have the, I'd just fucking pick it up. Who cares? I, I second. Save, save yourself fifty thousand dollars with a simple lie, and you get in and you show how good you are. No one will get rid of you. We had people where I worked at Phillips Publishing. We had people who came there out of the high school, and the, the, yeah, sometimes people will try to use it against you, which is is unfair if you because you really don't need it. And it's not a true college education. Most of the stuff that's called that, it's complete inflation. You know, now it's Truman State University, and it used to be just a little teacher's college. Well, they, they undergo inflation. They've got to get more students. Well, only 10 to 15% of people have the genetic capability of doing college-level work. So if 50% are going to college, that tells you that, you know, about 80%, <laughs> check the math on that, are not truly able to do college work. So it's college in name only. Now, our whole point here at VNN is to separate reality from words and names. You understand? Label is not reality. God, I mean, that, that's Goyfire summed up. Diversity is a great strength. It's enriching it. It's enriching us. A gang of niggers has committed 138 robberies in England. How is diversity enriching us? Wherever diversity goes, it's not enriching us. You know, coming on our women's arms is not enriching us. But uh, anyway, that's the uh, that's the longish answer. Yes. Thing is, the short answer is you, you know, you and only you can be responsible for seeing that you get what you pay for, and you better look goddamn hard because you're buying a pig in a poke. Most of the time. That is, you don't... See, and, and right there, because we have so many college-educated people, I feel a need to explain what a pig in a poke is. It means you're buying something <laughs> hidden. You see, we yeah. got so many college... For the college graduates out there, that means you're buying something sight unseen. You don't know what you're actually buying. You, they tell you you're buying a college education, but all you're buying is a bunch of Marxist bullshit. Right. And right. you're going tens of thousands. You ain't paying any $20 for it. 
you're paying 50k at Pomona, you're paying, you know, probably at, at least 5k at community college. You're paying, you know, somewhere in the middle for Buttfuck State University. Is it really worth it? Usually it isn't. Yeah, never lose sight of the correlation between price and performance. Price and performance. What are you getting and how much are you paying for it? For example, Detroit is crap, blogspot.com. I read the, the going rate for a house in Detroit is $158,000. I thought, I, thought I, I misread something. Uh, the value of a house in Detroit is zero. Okay? Yeah. But the price is 158000 Okay? Uh-huh. Think about it. Uh, yeah, like a like a example we printed the other day, uh, similar, except in San Diego. And the guy says, "Yeah, a bunch of Mexicans moved in next door. Like twenty five of them live there. They have all they have an all night party, and I've had the the cops have been called them like you know I had to call them, cops on them six times in one year. The yuppies across the street immediately moved out. So the value of the house is you know what four hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's like the average down there, and the value is." Uh, I can't get any sleep at night to go to my job because the fucking Mexicans are holding a never-ending party. And they got 50 people over there, and they throw their diapers and their Corona bottles in the street, and they play their crappy Mexican music, and they pull their car up on, on the lawn. You know, uh, yeah, the reality versus the, the appearance are two separate things. So these What are you getting pillars. for the money you spend in college? Uh, they're following yeah. college education, uh, real estate uh, as a safe investment or enforced savings. All of these things are following in, uh, either either faltering or in a shaky position in the United States and getting worse over time. Yeah, I I really I emphasize working, making money, saving the money, getting ahead, staying liquid, buying a house responsibly, being careful about what you do. That that's the way to to do it. Not not to, you know, the, you're smart, so you have to go to college. You have to get all this money in debt, and then how do you pay it when you get out? I mean, how, how much money do you owe when you get out? How long is it going to take you to pay that off? I mean, Christ, you're going to be in your early 30s before you begin to be paying it off. And what if you go to professional school or graduate school or something? Then it's a bunch more money. Pretty soon, man, you, you only have energy for so long. And if you're going to use that all up in grad school, by the time you're 32, 33, your energy is going to start declining, but your debts are going to still be there, big and powerful, and you're still going to be paying them off. And where are you going to go if you want to teach or write? I mean, the, this is the thing. They put all... They've got all the answers in politics, and they don't want any other pretenders to the throne. So they ain't going to let you teach or write anywhere if you want to do the kind of stuff, talk the kind of reality we're talking here in Goyfire. So what's the fucking point in being educated in it? Well, there's a good point in being educated in what we're saying, but there's no point in paying someone else to teach you the opposite of what we're saying. <laughs> and that's what a liberal arts education is. You get all this from us on Goyfire is free, free tutoring uh, that doesn't cost you a penny. You're not going into debt here to listen to us. You're not going into debt to read the authors and the books that we recommend. That's all free. And that's what education is. It's you reading books, thinking about it, and maybe writing about it, and submitting the writing to someone intelligent and seeing what they say. But basically, it's you. You know? And, and re- if you read the best, you, under- you want to understand how words are used and put together, read H.L. Mencken. Nobody in the history of the world ever put words together better than he did, was more inventive or funnier or more creative. Read what he has to say. See how he does it. Yeah, learn, or, learn what he's doing. Of course you can't do it yourself, but it will make you better. It will, it, you don't need to worry about being him. You need to be a, worry about being you and, and improving your abilities. You know, we all have built-in genetic limitations, but usually we, no one ever used their, 
true full potential. But you can get closer to it by looking up. Don't look down. Don't be middle class and, and bitch about little grammar flaws and the rest of it. Yes, you, you, do that. you need to do that to some extent to pick out the flaws and encourage people to improve, but don't be all satisfied. You want to be looking up and trying to pull yourself up to that level, getting better, not worrying about others. And uh, none of this is what you're going to get in college. All right. Alex, you mentioned Mencken. I'm going to add to that list Shakespeare, uh, Plutarch, Seneca, and Montaigne, the French philosopher. Montaigne, right? Yeah, Montaigne. Okay. I would pronounce it. But, yeah, Shakespeare is uh, like Mencken, but without the comedy. I mean, he, he is as good as anyone in, let's say, being supple with words. And so many expressions have come from him. That's a, he, he's, you see, the ordinary middle-class person prefer, not only is not bothered by cliches, but prefers cliches. They, prefer, they, they are scared by departures from customary verbal formula, as Paul Fussell put it in class, which is a book you'll never be assigned in college but should read multiple times. Great book. But the point is that the best writers are going to come up with unusual combinations of nouns or verbs or adjectives combined with nouns, whereas the middle class is always going to stick to safe, conventional cliches because that way you can't get in trouble because other people use them. And the middle class is primarily people who are concerned about getting in trouble with someone or, or looking bad or doing the wrong thing. The upside of that is, is their, their conformism leads to a certain stability. The downside is it kind of retards progress and it kind of... Uh, <laughs> It, it, it uh, can be very biased against any, anybody who sees things differently or wants to do his own thing. But uh, the, the stability trade-off probably makes it worth it. But we still have to bash them some because uh, they don't have what it takes to overthrow a politically correct age. That, that lays to us who are not afraid to come up with new combinations and new ideas and, and speak the truth. So each class has, there's nothing wrong with classes. Mankind has always fallen into them, and there's no reason they're at odds, contrary to what the Jews and Marxists claim. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you read the best writers, and that's how you learn to read and, and write. Even even just simply writing out what they say as though it came from you, and then seeing what they say, seeing how you could twist it a little, seeing how you could apply it to your own life, writing little essays. Frank Harrison, uh, he, he was a famous sort of body writer. He wrote, wrote a bunch of books in the first half of the 20th century, and he wrote fairly openly about sex, but he was also very lit literary. He would take... His way of developing himself was would be to take a subject and write about, say, uh, oh, what would he? I can't remember the examples he used, but say he'd write about love, say he'd write about love, or he'd write about sex, and he'd write the very best essay he could. Then he'd go read what someone like, say, Schopenhauer, some acknowledged master, had written about it, and and see how they compared. And see, that's a little homemade way of uh, of teaching yourself how to write. And you know what? When you go to college, most of what you're going to do, you're not going to want to do. You know what, if you don't want to fucking do it, why the fuck are you doing it? Why are you there? Are you bored? you got to get up and go, what the fuck is that? You should be passionate about something. You know what, and if you're not passionate, then you should at least be making money at it. Something should be advancing your personal and professional life. You shouldn't be fucking, well, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to write a paper. How many papers do you want to write? I can't remember a single paper I wrote in college <laughs> that I wanted to write. I didn't fucking want to write any of it. I was like... Mm, you go to college, you got a great... You know what I wanted to write? I wanted to write the opinions I wrote in the paper. And they were fucking good. You could do a hell of a lot of... Fuck these fucking wanks and what they think about what I think. Who are they to judge me? Now, that can easily, easily be a very uh, self-indulgent, light sort of thing. But no, I had the education. I knew what I was saying. 
And I didn't get that education. I didn't get anything I'm telling you out of college. Not a fucking thing. None of the books I've ever spoken about did I read in college. And, and, and your education just doesn't come from college. You have to educate yourself. You have to take responsibility for it. It's not your professors. They're not the ones who are going to do it. That's all I'm going to say about that today. Or we'll never get done here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jane, uh, Jane uh, otherwise, Stan, what's next? Uh... Uh, this is a, a quick one. Uh, this is from Josh. It says, uh, hello. I just want to say how much I enjoy all the shows on VNN, and I'm also glad to see that you're putting them out more often. I was wondering who that band was at the start of Goy Fire Show number 41. They are intense. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Josh. Uh, Josh, that was uh, Heavy on the Head, which was a uh, musical project I was involved in back in the 90s. And uh, I encourage all uh, white uh, men and women who have uh, musical talent to uh, make it available to the rest of us in our shows. Get the word out for you. Yeah, if you have a band or you have some, some good clips, it would be good. Send them in. We're trying to promote everything that's quality that we can find, whether our own or someone else's. And we, unlike other, uh, unlike the cultist side that you can find over at Stormfront, where if you're not with us, you're against us, and they're hateful, hostile, little uh, pick-leading heads. I mean, we we will promote anyone that we think is good because the cause is bigger than our own little petty egos. And Stormfront ought to realize that. Don't think they will, but they ought to. So if you got a good band out there, send it, send the tape into the stand, and uh, chances are we'll use it. I noticed while editing the shows how how much music enhances the the listening experience and uh, how important music is in its own right uh, to heighten our our thoughts and our our spirits to lift our spirits out of the dredges of of everyday life so the doldrums yeah there is something magical about music the next Listener mail is uh, from a fellow German-descended European-American here. Uh, He says, a friend of mine showed me VNN, and I've been a regular visitor for about a year. I listened to Linder's appearance on on that Judeo-Critic radio show. Judeo-Centric radio show. Thank you. That you have available for download and felt compelled to write. Those jackasses were making me sick. Linder should be heralded for his views, and what those two idiots didn't know was that Alex is right. People are waking up I, all over the country. I think he means Conway and Whitman. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what he means. We shouldn't feel obligated to pretend that blacks are our equals anymore. We shouldn't be force-fed Shylock lies day in and day out. We should have our advo- advocacy group. And thanks to you, we do. White people all over the country understand and are not afraid. Surprisingly, up at my college, where Lox's bullshit permeates the air, you can find a few proud white Americans. We're here even in one of the most Jew-loving states. I'll give you a hint. We just elected a kike senator. Hales. And that comes from <laughs> Stefan. All right, that's good to hear. Yeah, i got to say, uh, that was an interesting hour, and we got it up in the Conway Whitman, and we've had a lot of good response for that, and... and uh, they took an extremely low road, if you haven't heard it. They were, uh, uh, well, listen to it if you want. But all it did was generate sympathy. And I went in over them, and I deliberately played it straight. Uh, but wouldn't necessarily do that again if I were back on there. 
I mean, you could do. They tried to treat me as a Jerry Springer joke, and that didn't work since I obviously knew what I was talking about. But that's what they kept trying to do through the whole hour, and I just played it straight and talked to them. And even from their own calls, you could tell that people are utterly open and, and in very large measure, sympathetic to what we white nationalists have to say. And it is, in fact, the case that it is purely suppression that keeps our majority viewpoint from being the actual uh, point of view of the mass media if we controlled our own media. But we don't. It's controlled by hostiles and appeasers, as, as even the cowardly cur John Derbyshire will admit. If you say anything I, against the Jews, you can't get on there except as a, a, a joke guest, as they tried to treat me. But I'm not a joke, and I can't be played off as Jerry Springer, and their audience goddamn well knew it. And if they gave me a slot on their air on, and in uh, L.A. where that was, I'd be able to outpull them easily doing serious stuff compared to their knockoff Howard Stern. And they fucking know that. They damn well know that. We have all kinds of people listening to Goy Fire, and we have more each time that we do it. And we'll continue to. Edicts and these beliefs in their heart, almost as if it's a secret religion that they can't practice openly. Yeah, how did that come about, that we can't speak our own minds in our own land? Because it is the situation. You know that people are afraid to say what they mean, and, and that's a totalitarian country when you know that you can be fired or whatever for making some little joke or making some little observation that doesn't fit the uh, ruling ideology. I mean, we've reached a sorry state. Yeah, however and, factual the statement may be. Yeah, when you can't say things that are true because they're true, wow, I mean, you've fallen. Resentment. Even now, mm -hmm. the boomers have lived, uh, they've lived their lives, and they've lived through this uh, lie, this 40 years of, uh, and they know. Uh, so those are the, the those of them who uh, will, re will not react at this late stage in life are really... Uh, Cads and uh, founders, ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're well, dead we, before uh, death has taken them. Yeah. Well, we we, we thank Stefan for writing and uh, introduce more people to Goyfire. That well, we hope you will and spread that around and copy the MP3s off and encourage people. Tell them that yeah, this is what's happening. This is the white America's waking up. No Jews, just right. Whites for whites. What's good for whites is what matters in our country, and that's all you need to worry about. Your race is your nation. You know, not some Mexican come up here jerking off on a human's arm. Not some niggers winning the lottery and, and chimping out for four straight months. White people forming white lands. And and that's the idea that the Jews cannot quash, and that's the idea we represent and advocate. And it ain't no Republican cowardice like John Derbyshire and other British carpetbaggers and, and the tool people, the tools and the Jews. Something new is coming, and we are it. It's coming through us. And we want you to join us if you're a, a good white man with a good heart and good mind and you're able to separate reality from appearances. So thanks for writing, Stefan. Anyway, we got another letter? Yeah, we got plenty of them. Uh, this one's a little Let's long, go. but um, it says, I am a regular Goyfire and Free Talk Live listener. I download and listen to both shows during my free time. I am a college student at the University of Connecticut, and I find that our kind is improperly represented here. There aren't any clubs, groups, or faculty members advocating white solidarity, solidarity, yet countless minority advocacy groups exist on campus. I've had professors here that are overly, overtly anti-white, and I've filed grievances voicing my displeasure with the school's hiring practices. On cap campus, it is an absolute mess if you're not staring up at a freakishly tall nigger basketball player, given an unbelievably generous scholarship package, you are most likely listening to an unintelligible white nigger lover discuss what frat party he's going to attend. There are a few of us here that are proud to be white, 
but were more intelligent and erudite than the hippies, nigs, Jews, and miscellaneous drones. Written brief emails in the past commending episodes of Goy Fire I've enjoyed. In fact, I've made copies of certain episodes that best encapsulate the v- what VNN is about and handed them out to skeptical friends and others. I enjoy my anonymity here at school. You understand how militantly violent ARA and other anti-white groups are to people like us. Is there a certain way I can maintain that while also championing championing our cause? Distribute flyers, etc. I feel compelled to act now more than ever. I am disgusted by what I see day in and day out. Anyway, like I mentioned before, I enjoy the programs available on the site and I pass them on to my friends. I love the articles and the commentary and think what you're doing is truly noble. Uh, I would say join vnnforum.com. If you want to do something a little more activist, uh, get some of our papers, and we could probably got someone who would subsidize you if you don't have seven bucks or whatever and pass them out on campus. That's a good way to do it. And, again, vnnforum.com. You may be on there already. You may be doing this already. Uh, a more advanced thing that you could do, and I put this out for anybody who's in college, if you want to make your own... Set up a mirror organization to the black or the Mexican organization on campus and then apply for community funds to have a speaker come in. I will go and speak at your university wherever it is in the U.S. And I'll give you something that they ain't never fucking heard before. And uh, that's a standing offer to anybody with the balls to set up a white group and do it. And you, But you do it the way I say and get in there and say, fuck you, I want my own speaker and I want this much speaker funds to at least reimburse my gas for getting over there. And I will do it. I'll be happy to do it. And uh, I'll speak on uh, a topic we mutually agree on. And that's, that's the way to do it. Take their own equality bullshit and jam it up their ass. All that really takes is one student with the nuts to do it. And at the very least, you'll get into a lot of hassles with the leftist, and you can have some good fights over that and expose their hypocrisy. And, of course, we'll supply you with all the materials you need in the form of papers and, and, and whatever. And, you can, and you're always free to copy off these goy fires, and you're always free to do more of what you already are doing which is great, you know, copying the MP3s and passing them out to people. That's a very good way to do it, as we heard from the last letter with Stefan. You know, someone introduced him to VNN. Well, you be that someone introducing a new person to VNN and to Goyfire. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for writing in. We understand your position, and it's only whites standing up for whites. No one else is going to do it. The rest of them are just going to keep feeding off us. But together, we can defeat them. And they know that. And that's why they're so hostile in the media. Yeah, and there they is have something... to browbeat us into submission, but we don't have to submit to them, and we refuse to. We're not John Derbyshire's here. Yeah, he has something... to be a coward. We don't. We need to have people understand the problem and the solution. The problem is caused by Jews. The rest of the things are manifestations, but they're put into play. They're allowed to happen to us because the Jews created the conditions. Before the Jews came around, the niggers were segregated, so they caused problems primarily in their own community. It was the Jews that let them free, that loosed these rabid dogs to start creating hell and havoc in our community. So the Jew is the number one problem. We are whites. Our, our, our race is our nation. White people form white nations that white people want to live in, that are, and the only kind of nations that are fit for whites. Jews form multicultural messes in which they're the top dogs, then they interpose niggers and Mexicans and Asians in between us, and we are the bottom level. They're only to pay taxes to keep feeding these animals. Now, once that's understood, that's what we're doing right now, is educating people of the problem, and the day is coming when we deal with that, and that means taking out the Jews, and then the rest of the minority problems will take care of themselves. Till that day, protect yourself and spread awareness and find people in your local area. I don't know where you're going to end up living. You're a college kid right now, but 
You've got to develop local networks of people who understand the problem and the solution that when the time comes, uh, we are able to solve it. Acting is one. And we all know the game plan. We don't have to, we don't have to actually form networks that can be, that can be infiltrated and exposed. You just got to understand the problem and spread this kind of material around that identifies the Jew as the one causing the conditions that we all despise, that we all suffer from. And, and only in a white nation will things be rectified. There's no party voting. There's no nothing else that can, that can take the place of that. White territory for white people is the solution. Uh, I'm gratified to hear from young, young guys, young men who are uh, picking up on the whole thing. They don't have to go through all the... Uh... It is. We're, Michael White is the kind of guy that we're trying to reach, as is Stefan. These younger guys yeah, who see what's, come, what's going on here. Yeah. 